0: My husband today has the best Ricinda ever. He has the best version of Richard because I know who I am. I know who my father is. I know that I'm royalty, so I can give him the best Ricinda. I don't have to give him the leftovers. I don't have to give him the baggage. I don't have to give him the things that I was seeking validation for because I know who my father is.
1: Listening to Altered Stories with Michelle Renee Gutch. Hello, friends, and welcome to my episode 33 of the Altered Stories Show, Rachinda's God Story From Being Kept to Being Kept. This is Michelle Saunders Gutch, your storytelling host and founder of Altered Stories Ministry a faith-based nonprofit that helps Christian women share their God stories so women around the world can hear them. Thanks for listening to the show. Today, I am super excited to share with all of you that the Altered Stories show is now being listened in 16 different countries around the world and that our show continues to grow. I'm also really excited to introduce to you today, our Kingdom Rockstar podcast guest, Rachinda Pickens from the Kansas City area. I met Rachinda in my Faith Walk Mastermind group. Sword of Joy Consulting um, sponsors that, and we immediately connected. Now, let me share just a few words about Rachinda. Um, These are just words, you're going to hear a lot from her, but I want to share that she is amazing, energizing, empowering, and effective Christian woman. Not only that, she's a fashionista, and you all should see what she's got on today. I got to love her red lips, her red glasses, her red outfit too, Uh, and hopefully you'll see maybe a pic or two of her today. As we market our podcast, also, Rachinda is a national best-selling author and life coach, and she's a CEO and founder of the Heartbeat of the Kept woman of God Ministry. And that ministry impacts and empowers women globally, which I love. And God is using Rachinda to reach, teach. And inspire others by sharing her God story. So I'm excited that she can be here. Rachinda also has a heart for all people. I can tell you, she has the most loving heart. And her pride and joy is her family and friends. And she loves to travel and spend time with her husband. And I know that she is very proud now to be a grandma. To baby Jaden, is that right, Richinda? That is absolutely. I love my baby Jaden. <laughs> so let's get to know Richinda a little bit more. How old is that little baby Jaden?
0: Jaden is four years old. He is um, an amazing little boy, but he's four years old. He's growing up so quickly. I miss him so much. I miss him so much. He's in Texas.
1: Oh, he is in Te- he is in Texas. Do you get to Skype with him and? Or Facetime with him. Okay, every day. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I do that with uh, Bentley Rose when I can. You know, she lives in the Kansas City area, so I do see her. But it's such a blessing, isn't it, to be a grandma or a nana, a Gigi, you know, a Mimi, a Mima. I mean, there's so many different names, but it's truly a blessing, isn't
0: it? Yeah, it's nothing like it. I'm a nana. I'm a Nana, so I love it. I love it.
1: So it's nothing like it. I agree with you. so Regina, just how are you doing today? how How are things going for you?
0: i I am doing okay. I'm doing okay. Today is a good day. I've been dealing with um, my mom. We just found out she has dementia, but um we all know that God is a healer. so today is a amazing day. so I'm good. And thank you, Michelle, for asking me.
1: Yes. Well, I'm so excited that you're here as a guest on our show. And we just feel so honored, you know, that you are here to share the great things that God has done for you. And, you know, also with the way the world is right now with this COVID 19 coronavirus and all the uncertainty and Challenges that are out there, you know, in families. How is your family doing overall? You know, I know you said you just got back from visiting your mom, but how are you all doing with this?
0: Over overall, we are doing very well. Um, I have three children, and so two of them, which are in Texas, and one's here in Kansas City. So we managed to Skype every. Every day, we're talking to each other, and we're coming up with all kinds of new ideals of what we can do so we can see each other. Because I normally um, go down to Texas at least every month, and so I have not been able to do that. But overall, we are doing well. My husband and I and the dog, we are at home together. So um, we're managing. We're managing. Now, what... So we have no... Go ahead. What, what's your dog's name? My dog's name is Rennie. I have a standard poodle. He is 79 pounds and he's blonde. So you see me with the curly hair. My dog has curly hair as well. So when people see us walking, they're like, they're looking at both of us like, okay, the woman got blonde hair and the dog has <laughs> blonde
1: hair. <laughs> you know, it's funny how we all look. Like our dogs, some. Um, it. I don't know. It's just interesting. My dog, my husband has a gray spiky hair, and our Schnauzer is gray, salt and pepper. You know, he's. They both kind of look <laughs> like they have the same hair texture and everything. So whenever they go out for walks, people always mention that too. So well, yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. Um, so you know, Rashinda, now getting down to you know business, as we say, what today, really, would you like our listeners to walk away with about what you're going to share? What what is impressed on your heart?
0: Okay, Michelle, first of all, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for um, allowing me to be here on your show today. So it is an honor. So a divine, a divine connection. What I would love for our listeners to take away is to be able to trust the process. Um, so many times we go through things in our life and we we want to rush through things. And I want the listeners to really, really trust the process in spite of what it feels like. And you know that's something that I had to lean on for years and years and years to even be where I am today. So I would love for our listeners to take away trusting the process,
1: because God is in all of it, regardless what it looks like. That's great learnings, too. You know, I can tell you from my experience and what I have encountered through my faith journey, that is huge. Trusting the process as you go through it, because our outcomes and what God's outcomes are, are very different sometimes. And so, you know, so, so to be able to just lean in and trust the Lord through that, I mean, not only does that give you great peace, but it also helps honor God and glorify God through that, I think, as well. So, I'm really looking forward to now having you go into sharing your story that you want to share with um, the, the listeners today. So, you know, Roshinda, as you know, I, I do ask this question, and I think we need to just move right there. And so, rashinda can you share with our listeners where your God story began? My God story began at an early
0: age. Um, most times people, they, they see me and they think that my story just started at age 55, And actually, Michelle, my story started at a young age. Um, At age nine, I was raised by a single mom. I was the sixth child of seven. And I had the strong mother that I looked for strength, peace in. But what I was missing was a relationship with my father. So at at an early age... I am in search and I'm seeking validation from the outside world. And at that age, you don't realize it. You just, you know, I'm this little girl. I'm this little girl and I'm looking on the outside of the things that are taking place. And being raised by that single mom, all I knew was mom in the household, dad on the outside. My mother was a single mom, but she was still married to my father. So I watched my father on the outside take care of other families, girlfriends, you know, what have you. And it seemed like he did it very well. So what has happened is over the years, I continue to get older. I continue to seek validation of what that looked like, which was my father and what I was seeing on the outside, not realizing that it was shaping and it was molding this little girl to start growing up to be this young teenager. So then um, I'm talking about at age nine, I'm, you know, I'm insecure and I'm shy. And next thing you know, I'm growing up, I'm 14 and 15 and I'm still this insecure little girl that had been bullied, had been talked about, I was seeking validation from the world. And Michelle, the thing is, when you're going through it, you have no idea why you're going through it. You don't even know that um, you're even going to get through it. And so as I continued to grow up, I knew that I did not want to be a single mom. So therefore, my mind was made up. One day I'm going to get married. And so... This little girl, she grows up. She's insecure, you know. She's still seeking validation, but in, in her, in the forefront of forefront of her mind, she's like, "I'm not going to be a single mom by myself." By the time I hit age nineteen, I was pregnant, and I was a single mom, and I still lost, still insecure, still mad at the world, but yet I had this mask on acting like I was okay, going through it, steadily going through it, steadily seeking validation from the world through men. And when I say men, some people think we're talking about a physical man and men could be uh, money, men could be drugs, men could be sex. Men could be whatever that thing is. That's a stronghold. So by the time I hit twenty-four, remember I said I did not want to be a single mom raising children by myself. So I wanted to be married. I wanted to be married. So I, you know, in my plan, and you, you hear what I'm saying, in my plan, not God's plan. In my plan, you know, I already made in my mind what I wanted. So eventually, I got married. I had two more children on this journey. But at the same time, I'm still insecure. I'm still broken. I'm still lost. I'm still confused. I'm still seeking validation. But the outside of the world don't realize that this woman is, she's all messed up. She's all messed up. And so the outside, I looked like I was happy. I looked like everything was perfect um, because that's all I knew. And so when I speak on trusting the process, it's because of my experience of what I have been through and the pain I have experienced. So anyway, Michelle, I um, had this life with my children, stay home mom, I was married and you know. It, on the outside world, it looked like everything was was good. But the truth is, everything was not good. Um, I was this woman that was not happy because she was still seeking something more. She was still looking for that long lost father that she had admired on the outside, not understanding what was going on. So we go through all these motions of what's wrong with me and how can I make this better? And Michelle, I was, I was raised in church, but I did not have a personal relationship with God. Um, I did what most children do. You go to church, you sit on the church bench, you do what your parents tell you. Then as you get older, everything start coming together and it's just kind of like you're going through the motions. So I am now 24. By the time I hit 30, I had three children. Um, I was a stay-home mom for 16 years. And I didn't, it wasn't that I was looking for anything, I didn't want for things, I wasn't seeking things. I was I was fine. I was fine. I thought I was fine. So by the time I hit 44, my late husband and I, we were on our way to Oklahoma and we hit a blast ice patch and the car flipped over the highway. Keep in mind, I am in this car with this man that I thought was supposed to take care of me for the rest of my life. And I didn't know what was going on. I wasn't afraid. I didn't think that something was going to happen to me. I just figured, well, you know what? He's driving. He can secure this car and we'll be fine. Michelle, that did not happen. The car flipped over. My late husband, he died. He died instantly. And at that time, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, I'm not panicking, I'm not screaming out, I'm not doing anything, I'm just, I'm just on the side of the road because I am still shocked. It was at that moment, I'm sitting there like, the only way you can cry out is to God. That's, that, that's the only way you're gonna get through this. So I'm sitting there on the highway, I am praying, wondering, okay, God, what is it that I'm supposed to do? And steadily going through the motions, steadily acting like everything's normal, the outside world, they're looking at this woman, and they're thinking, okay, she's fine. Keep in mind, I now have three children that I must raise, three children that I must take care of. At the same time, Everything that I had trusted and thought was supposed to fix this, it was gone. It was gone. This was in 2007. And so I'm still on this journey. I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm telling you, Michelle, I had never prayed that much. And the thing about it is, a lot of times we go through things and we think we can fix it. And what we do is we cover up. We cover up. So every day, every day I would go in my room and I would close the door. The kids would go off to, the kids would go off to school and I would just cry. I would just cry. And when they came home, I act like I was normal. I act like I was normal and that nothing was going wrong Until they would come back home. When they come back home, Mama act like she was fine. I finally had to seek counseling, and I had to take the children to go get counseling. And it was like we were, you know, it was a battle because they didn't want to go through it. But I knew I needed counseling. Now I'm saying all this to say, even through counseling, I still was not healed. I still was broken. I still was trying to figure it out. And the transformation of my life took place on a Wednesday night. I went to a Bible study. I'm laying at the altar. I am praying. I'm asking for guidance. I'm asking for direction. All I remember is as I am praying and praying and praying, Next thing I know, it's probably like two to three hours later and it's just myself and then there are only two other prayer warriors around me that had been praying for me. At that time, I had turned everything over and released the pain that I was going through. And so by this time, I'm like, okay, stuff is being lifted off of me now. I I mean, you know, Michelle, I turned it over, but I'm telling you, I still was not whole. It was steadily a process. I was steadily going through it. I was keeping myself busy. I was doing all kinds of stuff, you know. I remember one day I I went to the mall and I'm happy because I have an ice cream cone and I'm just like, you know, this is life. But I was still holding on to some brokenness that I did not know what to do with. So as we continue on this journey, a good friend of mine, she called me and she asked me a question. She goes, Retinda, she said, I have been appointed to start a new church. And I'm like, why is she telling me this? And she goes, I would love. It if you would journey with me. Now, Michelle, I had no idea what she was talking about. I'm like, journey? What, what is she talking about? But see, I remember in my prayer, I remember telling God, I said, Lord, whatever you have for me to do, I'm here. I, wherever you tell me to go, I will go. So when she came to me, I'm sitting here like, journey? You know, I don't know what she's talking about. So I said, yes. And the thing about it is I was saying yes to the Lord not yes to an individual. So as we're on this journey, keep in mind I'm still going through some stuff. We go out to a um, we go out to Atlanta, Georgia. And I'm going out there because I am supposed to be evaluating a church launch. I'm supposed to be evaluating this kid zone that I thought I'm supposed to do. But God has set it up. He said, I'm going to take Richenda all the way to Atlanta, Georgia, because I still need her to trust the process of what's getting ready to take place. Keep in mind, I'm still fighting it. I'm still fighting it. Let me tell you, we're in worship. We're in worship and it's people all over the place, Michelle. and. I remember sitting on my hands rocking back and forth, and everybody is praising God. I'm with like four or five church planners. They're praising God, hand is up in the air. I'm steadily rocking in my seat. And I'm looking because I'm thinking, everybody's going to see me, and I don't want people to see that I'm still this messed up woman. So, next thing I know, Michelle, I am up out of my seat. My hands are just like way up, just way up. I'm praising God. I'm praising God. And I had an up close personal experience and it's nothing like it. And I'm telling you, I tell people all the time, I said, you got to feel it. You got to be there to understand what I'm saying. And it was so good. It was so good I remember I, I remember my hands and I remember I remember just calling out to God. I remember saying, I'm sorry, I remember surrendering everything and I remember asking God for forgiveness. I asked God, I said, Lord, you know what, whatever you have for me, I will go, I will do your work. I will spread the world, the word with women, whoever I'm in contact with. And it was and it was a feeling that you never wanted to lose. It was so close, it was like like this. And I'm sitting there like, oh my God. And by the time I sat down, I looked around and everybody else was in their seat. I'm the only one standing up. I'm the only one standing up, and I'm like, oh my gosh, out of all of these years, this is what I've been missing because I had been gravitating to things and to people to fulfill who Richenda was. And the whole thing is, I had been missing the father, Michelle, and my father had been with me the whole entire time. And this journey, from being kept to being kept, it's all about God's glory because God had kept me from that nine year old all the way up to this 55 year old woman and everything that I have experienced from being a single mom, from being broken, from being insecure, from being a widow, you know, from being unconnected. He, he took care of me, and now I am a child of God. I surrendered everything. I said, Lord, you know what? I'm sorry. I repent. I said, God, I'm here for all of you. No longer will I put my trust in man. No longer will I put my trust in things. I will share with the women that right now it may be hard, but you can get through this. And, and even, you know, with Scripture, Proverbs. You know, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your understanding. Always acknowledge God, always. And He will make your path clear and straight. He has. He has through this time now. I just sit back and I say, okay, God, you know, I won't doubt you. I won't doubt you for nothing in the world. And I'm here to share with all women and men. I'm here to share, you know what God got you. He got you. Trust in the process is hard, but I can tell you the outcome is far
1: greater, far greater. It is um it is a blessing. I'll tell you what, what a beautiful God story and what a beautiful testament to the healing power of Jesus Christ, Richinda. You know, because I similarly had an experience where I had an emotional healing from head to toe. I mean, it was until I fully surrendered, you know, to Jesus and really allowed him to be the Lord of my life, is when he was able to begin to really do the work in me and the healing that was necessary. He was just waiting for me, like you, to say, I surrender. You know, you think of that song, All to Jesus, I surrender, All to him, I've really give, I will ever love and trust him, you know, in his presence ever live. I mean, that is so impacting. And, you know, you, you, of course, continued on your journey and have moved into the ministry piece right now where you, you know, you back then when you went through that God, of course, was working in you and making you ready to begin to do what you're doing now in terms of your ministry. So can you share a little bit of where God brought you, how he brought you through to your ministry and what you're doing in your ministry today and how people can get affiliated and contact you and all those things? Yes. You know, Michelle, I still pinch myself.
0: Every day, I pinch myself because I'm like, he's using me. He, he's using this insecure little girl, and it's it's the story, and it's the story of what I've been through. But it's God's glory, and so now I am 55 years old. In 2016, God instructed me to share my testimony. I was clueless. I, I didn't know what I was supposed to do. And I was like, okay, Lord. Okay. what? I said yes to you. So what do you have me to do? I shared my story on a stage with 149 women. And from that testimony, I, ter- I turned around and ended up writing a book. Again, I'm like, Lord, really? And he's like, that story is not yours. That story is for the insecure little girl. That story is for the single mom. That story is for that sister who didn't have a college degree that now all of a sudden she is the CEO and the founder of a nonprofit organization. That story is for the widow. That story is for a woman that desires to marry again because I'm married again. I'm married again, and I tell women all the time, I said, my husband today has the best Rachinda ever. He has the best version of Rachinda because I know who I am. I know who my father is. I know that I'm royalty, so I can give him the best Rachinda. I don't have to give him the leftovers. I don't have to give him the baggage. I don't have to give him the things that... I was seeking validation for because I know who my father is. So I'm able to reach women on all levels with that story. So now here I am. I am a author of two books. I am the CEO in the, of yes. Okay. And I'm like, God, really? And he's like, look, look. and this is how they talked to me. He said, baby girl. Baby baby girl, let me tell you, you can do it, but it's for my glory. And I need women to see ordinary people doing extraordinary things. I need you to let women know you're no different, but they got to understand that God is the king and he holds the power. So now I sit at 55, I'm working on my third book. I have hosted five conferences and we have over 300 women that enter into the room that they're just like me. And what they what they do is they're like, okay, if she can do it, I can do it. And I'm letting them know, trust the process of what God has for you, not about what everybody else has for you, because the world can give you some stuff and you think it's grand until God said, no that's not for you. That's not for you. So now I am um, preparing for more things that God has for me to do. And, and I just sit back and I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm trusting you. And sometimes I have no idea what the outcome's going to be, but I know it's going to be good. I know it's going to be good. I have a 501 C3 nonprofit organization called Kept Woman of God Ministry. And basically what we do is we host conferences yearly, yearly. And then we um, we do different workshops and different retreats, you know, around the year time. But the main one is our conference in April. And I just do, I tell people, I just do whatever it is that God has called me to do. And I don't, I don't sit and I don't second guess anything. I just say, okay, Lord, what will you have me to do? If I have to sit in front of one person, that's what I do. If he says, you're going to be before a thousand women, I do what I do. And it, I might be nervous, but I'm like, look, Lord, you, you know what? You have bought me this far and I'm going to keep on going. And all I know how to be is me. And it's not a minute. It's not a moment. It's not a weekend. It's a lifestyle. So how you see me today, Michelle, is how I'm going to be tomorrow. I might, I might not have red lipstick on, but my heart is good. <laughs> Hey,
1: that's what makes you who you are. And, you know, God will take those that you would never imagine and raise them up when they have the heart for him right? It's the heart for him, because it's through us, our light shines for him. It's not about us. It's about him. And so he honors that. He honors that. He can work through that. He can use that. And I'm just so grateful that, you know, the Lord has brought you to us today and that, you know. His love shines through you. His glory shines through you. And, you know, I really appreciate what you've shared and all the encouragement that you are currently, you know, in your faith journey, what, what you're doing for women. You know, I have such a heart for women and having them be the everything that God purposed them for you know, for him, some glory, and to be healed and reconciled and walking in their calling, you know, and you're, you're just a testament of that too, Rishinda. So, I really appreciate you and your authenticity. And I'd also, you know, just, Love to know how if there's a woman or two, three, four, a man. I mean, even you know, what is the best way to contact you uh, if if there's someone that wants to? You know, I know you're on Facebook. I know you do a lot of Facebook lives. I know you're getting ready to do all these virtual conferences. I'm looking forward to being part of that some, and I'm hoping you'll be able to be part of. Uh, a virtual conference for altered stories that you can share, but you know, kind of what's the best way for someone to get in contact with you?
0: They can actually, we have a website and the website is www.keptwomanofgod.com. They can always email us because we offer prayer. We also, as you mentioned, we're on Facebook We're under Kept Woman of God. We're on Instagram, Kept Woman of God. We're on LinkedIn, Kept Woman of God. And um, there's so many ways that people can connect with us because what I do know is, you know, we all have a story and it's always certain portions in your story that, Is for somebody. The whole entire story is not for everybody. My thing is sometimes being a single mom is for the single mothers. You know, you have some women that want to get married again. I can speak on that. You know, from being a widow, I can speak on that. Being broke, I can speak on that. So it's kind of like, you know, the needs that the women want. They can always email us and in the subject line, whatever their concern is, you know, writing a book. Someone might want to say, how in the world did she write two books? And how did they become a national bestseller? They can connect with me. I am always in reach, and I appreciate this opportunity to be able to share because this story, God's story, is for the world to hear. And I eat, drink, and sleep. Even when I'm tired, my brain is always thinking, okay, Richinda, how can you reach
1: more women? You know, how can you help them navigate through this time? Yes, and that is so needed right now, Richinda. So again, I want to thank you. God bless you. God bless your ministry. God bless your calling. God bless everything that you're doing and your marriage and your family right now. Um, I'm just grateful um, that he connected us and that you're here. And I can't wait to share this podcast and friends. Um, This is going to go out, we hope, by the end of the week. And also... um, I have an episode page that I'm going to put up on my website. Uh, It's going to be episode 33. I just challenge you, take a look at what 33 means in the Word of God in the Bible. It's got a really cool meaning, and I think Ruchinda fits the bill here. Um, so, anyway, so we'll have that up on our website, www.alteredstories.org. And um, of course, we'll be out there in all the major platforms, um, those podcast platforms that uh, are your favorites. So, uh, again, thanks for Chinda. Thanks, uh, Mike and team, for the work that you're doing and helping us get this podcast out. And uh, until the next show, friends, be heard. And be healed. Altered Stories
0: Ministry is a faith based, nonprofit, and women's evangelistic storytelling ministry located in Overland Park, Kansas. If you enjoyed listening to today's story, your family and friends would probably benefit from hearing how
1: God works in the lives of women all over the world, too. So please subscribe to our show and share the link to this podcast. Share it on your social media.